This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff, and I have with me today my good friend Halle Fardy, who is the smartest person in the room, whatever room she's in, including today, even even as we're virtual. And Halle, we were just talking before we started our conversation about um, what happens after annual planning, what happens after we've all got together and we're all energized and we're all excited and we're all doing our thing. And then we all start going off in our own different lanes. And are we still able to coalesce? Are we still able to uh, stick to uh, the transients that can happen uh, in the course of a year? So let's talk about that a little bit. Tell me a little bit about, you You talked about it as siloed leadership. Tell me a little bit about your thinking on this. I think siloed leadership is a term that comes from literal the silos on farmland, where you're completely contained and separate from any other, um, any other seed or corn or feed. It's just protective. And silo leadership is a term that came uh, about a few years ago where you have departmental silos. And um, so it used to be where a CEO or owner of a company would speak to each department leads or each executive CMO would have their own meeting and CFO would have their own meeting. And then they would get the CMO and the CFO in a room and their mission and their goals for the year weren't aligned. So the CMO would say, I need more funding. And the CFO's goals were increased cash flow and increased net profit. And so you have two different people, one saying, I need more programs. And the other one saying, nope, the budget for the year is set. You know, I see this a lot um, in marketing and sales, where uh, there's a disconnect between um even I've had, we're trying to get marketing's job, get more leads, get more leads, get more leads, and sales saying. Uh, wait, actually, could you throttle that back because we're trying to close the leads that we have, which is no, that's an unnatural behavior for a marketing department to do. What needs to happen? Um, what needs to happen so that this isn't just an intellectual exercise? Because it's really easy to say, you know, look, everybody, make sure you're all communicating. We have a monthly meeting. We have a weekly huddle. This shouldn't be happening, but uh, it happens all the time. What's, what is the root cause of some of that? The root cause of it is when they're developing their annual plan and then they go into budget, even at that point, it's disconnected. The annual plan is market share. The annual plan is revenue growth. Maybe it's acquisition. But then when it goes into departmental assignments, it actually becomes very transactional. And when they're going through those transactions, they're not really assessing monthly in their monthly reviews or weekly in their weekly operational activity reviews. Is this still supporting the goal, the long-term goal of the company? Are our activities today getting us to where we want to be? Or are they really being measured to uh, the, the most disappointing thing for me is when monthly we're still doing budget variance analysis, like really number crunching. You were given $10,000, you spent eight Y. That's still happening so much more of the time than it should. And so root cause is our operations aren't aligned with our strategic plan. Root cause is silo leadership. In the old days, when I would have departmental leads, you know, have some friction, I would say, pretend they're in a different building. It was actually a solution we offered. They're doing their thing. Just do your thing. 
Well, guess what's happened with COVID and virtual workplace? We're literally in other buildings, even in our own departments. Is this a failure of leadership, a failure of process, a failure of uh, communication platforms? Where is the breakdown so that we can start to understand uh, how to avoid it? I think, Chris, you know me best. I, I like looking at it as an opportunity rather than a failure. Yes, yes, yes. Which is good. That's, that's the right way to think about these things. And you'll note that I did finish it with so that we know where the opportunity is. I do yes, yes. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity, a chaos theory opportunity. <laughs> right? Virtual workplace opportunity. It's going to end up being better than it was before. And I believe underlying uh, our daily activities, uh, whether we're looking at our weekly meetings, and there's so many other programs out there of so many other management consulting firms who are trying to bridge this virtual space or change management in an organization. There's a philosophy that I actually, I'll show you, I keep it in my notebook here, uh, that, that I don't use this for change management. Look, it's very tattered. And I know we're on video, but I'm going to show it to you. You know, here it is. It's the quadrants of change. And I use this all the time. Uh, are the people we're hiring, the individual internal, their mindset, values, world view, and awareness aligned with the collective? So are our people right now in this very tight talent market, the people who you want on your bus? Because that solves one of the main uh, cause, root, root cause, is that what you say? Root cause problems, mm-hmm. right? So Have you articulated what your collective internal is? Do we know what our company vision and mission are? Are our activities supporting that? That's, and I didn't have this ready to talk to you about it, but I actually rely on it. You know, and every time there's friction or every time something's misaligned, I'll look at this and say, okay, you know, where are we going amiss here in this situation? So one of them is, do we have the right people? And right now, when people are very, talent is very, one of, it's always been our precious asset, but now it's a fleeting precious asset or fleeing, you know, with a great resignation. Um, are we holding on to the wrong people? So that's one of them. The other one is internal middle management. Middle managers we're finding are much more loyal to their team than they are to the leadership. So we have to make sure that the loyalty, it's not loyalty, it's a bridge. Yeah. That they're really executing on that. And that's uh, one of the greatest uh, advantages and opportunities to, that silo leadership has is, are you really empowering your line managers or middle managers to really communicate and engage the team to the ultimate corporate goal and not to your over budget by $53? Yeah. What I- happens? I love that particular point around loyalty because it it is, you know, one of the things that you're sharing is sort of what are the symptoms that you're experiencing? And even that, if you're loyal to a person in your organization, rather than to the organization's mission or purpose or goals or whatever, that's a disconnect. There's a problem there. And then if that can be used as leverage, either the middle manager, you hear a lot of, look, team, they want us to do X. So, you know, we're going to, it begins this antagonistic sort of relationship without even trying. It just becomes with the language you're using and the posture that you have. Yeah. It's a really important point around what do we stand for? What are our goals and visions? And we've talked about some of that before. 
because that's the thing that we should all, the organization, the people in the organization should be excited about. And that's, you know, you mentioned, and we're not going deep into the great resignation, but part of why people are not feeling connected to work is they're not feeling like their workplace is connected to their values. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Absolutely. And of course, one of the values of the workplace should be the development and challenging and supporting the team. So let's talk about that. That's the value. And then how are we acting on it so that it's not just an ethereal value? Yes, I like to um, contribute to my community. Right. Okay. Yeah, everybody does, you know, but how, how are you demonstrating that? So that, that's one way, but for, for today and silo leadership is when I'm in meetings with clients and um, or companies and we hear this couldn't happen because so-and-so couldn't do what and what, mm. you realize that you're now a people dependent uh, strategy rather than saying it couldn't happen or let's change the timeline on the strategy or I believe this should be um, done differently uh, in order to achieve our goals rather than nowadays you hear a lot of people problems. Well, their childcare is gone. They couldn't work at that time meeting. They had, they moved their location. That's why it wasn't done. And you're, what does that have to do with work? You know, I would rather say we need to change the timelines of meeting this goal. But if I do ABC, we can still achieve the long term goal. That's the type of conversation we want to have that will stop this silo uh, leadership. And it also stop this loyalty to team or scarcity mindedness with talent or, you know, lack of vision and alignment on, OK, why are we working <laughs> on a company level? Right, we're trying to achieve this goal. What a great point! And um, do you think that then, when does it a, when is it a talent problem, and when is it an execution problem? Because some of what you just described is with our existing talent. Let's make these adjustments. On the other hand, am I making goals that are not realistic for the people in my organization to be able to carry out? And what do I do with that? Or should I be retrofitting, or or at least sort of compromising the big picture so that I'm better applicable to the talent that I do have. You know, it's all, I'll go back to my 300 years, because now when I say 35, it makes me sound old, but 300 people don't believe it. It's an exaggeration. (laughs) It's an exaggeration. (laughs) It's always a talent issue. Okay. But the talent could be the leader. The talent could be the VP. And right now, the talent issue, because of, you know, the talent issue that we're all experiencing is top of mind, but it's always a talent issue. It's always about how we are working and whether the leader of the organization is um, aware that the talent, I mean, many of them say, without my team, I wouldn't have achieved it, but how did you work with your team? 
you know? So to answer your question, it's always a talent issue. But in this particular case, there's a physical issue that we've been separated from each other, that we've lost the cadence of that nonverbal communication we have in the office, Mm -hmm. that we've lost lunching together and saying, what happened here? We're, We're losing that extra time that we had to actually solve problems when it's not on the agenda for a 60 minute meeting with 16 boxes. And there's this other part where because we're so zoom comed out and we zoomed out when we're doing our weekly or monthly reviews, we're doing them in silos. So I'm going to meet with marketing and have the marketing meeting. I'm going to meet with finance and have the finance meeting. I'm going to meet with sales and have the sales meeting because sales doesn't want to sit and listen to marketing reviews or financial reviews. And here's a perfect example of it. You sit with the management team and you talk about cash flow forecasts, 13-week cash flow forecast, and you exclude sales and marketing. Without sales, we can't forecast incoming cash. Without marketing, we can't forecast the pipeline for conversion. So right there, you're doing a financial report and two of the greatest things, cash coming in, right? Close and marketing and sales is excluded from that meeting. And that's a perfect example of what silo leadership. So what happens is instead of saying marketing, I foresee leads, you know, based on historic conversion and what we've been doing, I need to give you more money to generate some more leads for sales to convert. We say we're going to have cash flow issues in three months, four months contract. And that's a Great example of how it works, and it work, and it happens over and over and over. We see it over and over. And if I if I take sort of a exploded view, you know, get into operations, and the, as we're talking, the the cost of energy is increasing, and so maybe there's some expenses that I didn't anticipate when we built the budget, and that's crunching cash flow. Or uh, supply chain issues are continuing to wreak havoc with our ability to manufacture our widgets, and et cetera, et cetera. And I totally see what you're saying and that we have these small conversations and then the answer seems to be in that conversation okay well here's what i need you all to do when really it's a team conversation it's a we all need to be doing something what you do affects how i do it it's the it's the old maxim of the gears moving or that illustration of the gears moving and if if we're not making the other gears move or at least informing them to how this one's going to move the whole machine comes to a grinding halt it it really it really does, and or the flywheel stops. But yes. uh, or the flywheels for 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 me and and you saw the you know we were talking about it this month internally in our company where we actually used to say to the uh, owners of the companies and the CEOs you know the the head bone's connected to the neck bone, it's connected to the shoulder. I can't move this body without the communication that's going on above the body, and and right now it's more critical than ever to have financial management information and infrastructure because it is the communication tool. It is, you can't measure what you don't, you can't manage what you don't measure and you can't inform strategy without this information. It's a great um, sort of segue into this conversation of the CFO's role in this. And we've talked before uh, about how the CFO really has a unique opportunity to have uh, oversight or vision on every department and be able to sort of put some things together in a unique way if those skill sets are there. What should I be expecting of my financial leadership 
in this uh, great illustration that you're making, because I'm imagining myself listening as I'm a CEO, even of a small mid-market company, and I'm thinking, oh, there, I need to be doing this differently. That's true. But what should I be also expecting some of the people that I work closely with in that C-suite to be doing differently? Uh, as, the, as the CFO, we believe, and you've, you have created this for us as well, the modern CFO is a catalyst and not a gatekeeper. Look at what just happened there in terms of silo leadership. One's a gatekeeper, don't come in my gate. And the other one is a catalyst, let's connect. Let's really push forward. So the role of the CFO in each of these organizations needs to change. Then what I love about what we do and why a fractional or part-time CFO is a right solution, even if you have a person in the executive finance seat, is that we do come in looking at the whole picture. Internal CFOs, as we always have, everything in the company, everything ends up on our table, right? Because we have to track it, whether it's tangible or intangible. So we have the information. And if we're strategic at the CFO level, we've taken that data, information, knowledge, turned it into insight, turned it into strategy, right? Where It's the gatekeepers that are just stop at the information stage of it. And as a catalyst, the reporting that we have, if we're, if we develop it properly, those metrics and KPIs become what should they be and are they taking us to where we want to go? Those historic financial reports are look at the activities we did, your weekly KPIs become look at what we're doing and your forecast and projections say, based on this, this is where we're going to go. And the conversations we have shouldn't be CFO to CMO or chief marketing CFO. It should be, especially today, in a room where everyone is hearing how all the other gears are turning to actually optimize it, to use it as an opportunity. Hey, I can piggyback on what you're doing here. You know, that's that's where synergy comes into play. And that's the biggest tragedy of silo leadership is that lack of synergy. Hale Fardi is a managing partner and co-founder of ProCFO Partners. And um, what a great conversation and so much sort of actionable, tactical, practical stuff for us to keep in mind with this strategic perspective uh, around silo leadership. Thanks so much for your generosity you, and your expertise today, Hale. Always, always, always a highlight of my data. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I feel the same. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.